You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Mark Holcraft uh, hosting today, filling in for Matt Wilkham and Father Jason Kern. It is great to be with you on this Tuesday morning. It is a balmy 25 degrees outside right now or thereabouts. So it's balmy only if you live in the Dakotas and Minnesota <laughs> and you know what's coming. Um, we've had a great guests with us this morning. You know, earlier we had Susie Andres, uh, author of, um, I just went uh, blank, excuse me, being Catholic, what every Catholic should know, Therese is on the ball. <laughs> Thanks, Therese. I almost said author of Catholic Sprouts, and I was confusing, uh, crashing our two guests in. So Susie Andres with Being Catholic, What Every Catholic Should Know. Um, and it was great to hear, just to hear her joy. I don't know if you could hear her joy over the phone, uh, discussing ultimately what the Holy Spirit has moved she and her husband to, literally moving uh, around the country from California to Indiana to Virginia, then all the way back to California. And what the Lord was doing in that time, in that time, forming her and her husband, ultimately equipping them to go back to California um, and just to, to enrich not just the community, but the, their own local community, but the Catholic community, being Catholic, what every Catholic should know. Uh, talking about just these, these parts of the Catholic faith, especially in Mass and the liturgy, you walk into a Catholic church. What do all these things mean? Why the smells and bells, if you will? Um, beautiful talking with her. And then uh, our last guest, Bill and Nancy Banzuk, and that's with the Apostolate of Catholic Sprouts. It's a, uh, um, a, uh, I'd say a, a tool that you can catch up with the phone through the apps and through the website, uh, and they're working on a project, the Domestic Church Project. Um, and to hear their enthusiasm for it, uh, even Nancy was talking a little bit about what she's been doing uh, what she and Bill have been doing, they, they've, they said they've tested families, meaning they introduced it to a number of families, uh, roughly 200 plus families that they've invited to consider. Uh, what is Catholic Sprouts? Is and one, of the, one of the things I really appreciated about that, um, I think as adults, especially we know we're tasked as, as if, we're, if we're married, uh, where we have kids, we know as parents we are tasked with raising the kids in the faith and passing on the faith. But I think for many of us, it's intimidating. We think we don't know enough. Why is that? I mean, why do we think we don't know enough? I think one of the reasons is a culture, our current culture puts a high price on knowledge, uh, almost to the point that uh, knowledge is what matters. But what Bill and Nancy remind us of is, yes, knowledge is necessary, but it's about the relationship. And we hear this too with Susie. Knowledge, she and her husband know a lot. They were diving into education. That's what moved them around from St. Thomas Aquinas in California to Notre Dame to Christendom, then back to California. They grew in tremendous knowledge, but they remind us that what's at the heart of it is relationship. Um, we do not have a guest for the next few minutes. Your guest is me. So this is exciting. I spent some time with you. Um, and what I want to come back to, I want to bring a full circle here in that understanding of relationship. 
One of my enthusiasms and joys and excitement of working with Real Presence Radio is it continues in the work, the church's work of evangelization. And I would, uh, you've heard me say it before, in really John Paul II's vision of the new evangelization, what that can look like. There's this wed, if you will, this wedding, this marriage of knowledge and relationship that's going to be at the core of evangelization. But really, that knowledge isn't going to be as impactful if it's not met first with the relationship, not just amongst each other, but ultimately uh, to know Jesus. We first want to be in relationship with Jesus. I think this is one of the reasons we're talking faith, the Catholic faith, and growing our Catholic faith. You hear so much from people who talk about adoration, the gift of adoration. You know, on the outset, if you're not familiar with Eucharistic adoration, um, you can go in and what Eucharistic adoration is, what the church would say is it's an extension of the Mass. Um, but ultimately, and you could say the extension of the highest point of prayer. You know, the Mass is the highest point of prayer. Uh, the Catechism tells us. But ultimately, so when we enter into adoration, well, what are we doing? On one really basic note, you just break the word down. We are adoring not just a what, but a who. Well, if you're adoring, what does that mean? It means you're worshiping. You're entering into a kind of worship. Well, I just said enter into a kind of worship. That can sound a little intimidating. That could sound like you need to go through this whole preparation process. When at the heart of it, to go to enter into adoration, yes, a time of adoration can be met with different prayers. It can open up with prayer. But ultimately, to enter into adoration is just to put yourself in front of Jesus. Just put yourself before the, the master, if you will, uh, and just to be exposed. Eucharistic adoration, in its most, I think, again, simple explanation, another word used for Eucharistic adoration is Eucharistic exposition. And that's a particular kind of adoration when the consecrated host, we say Jesus, is put into a monstrance and he's there to be adored but he's there exposed. And this is what is so beautiful, my friends. It's so beautiful. When you enter into a time of adoration, in a certain way, it is very personal. If you consider the reality that the God of all history, time, and space in front of the monstrance is there exposed for us all to see. And not just to see, not just to stare at, but to adore and then to begin to converse with. So the God of all things, right, all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful, comes to us very vulnerable in a certain way so that we come to the Lord in our own vulnerabilities, our own insecurities, or even we come to the Lord with our joys. It's not, not just the point of uh, struggle, per se, if we're struggling, but we come to the Lord with the great things He's been doing, what the Holy Spirit has been doing. We bring it to the Lord. We tell him about it. We can literally tell about Jesus about our day. We can go in and we can ask, uh, enter into a time of what the church says, a prayer petition, but really just asking the Lord. Uh, so that was a common thing that came up with our first guest and second guest. They both brought up very briefly, um, but important enough that it was brought up the time of adoration because it's about relationship. We go before the Lord. They discussed several other things in regards to the work of evangelization. Uh, what The word I was using is uh, the apostolate with Catholic sprouts. 
uh, an apostolate, a, you know, a work of the apostles, if you will. Uh, so a work of ministry within the church, that's often the term you hear us use, apostolate. But then we come back to the importance of relationship. We've had some big news in the Catholic Church in this last week. It uh, kind of blew open some of the, uh, the, the media doors, if you will, in regards to Pope Francis and a documentary called Francesco. And if we haven't heard, you know, with some of our other shows that we carry on Real Presence Radio uh, through EWTN, uh, we've heard a lot of insight from some of the other hosts that we have with Real Presence Radio uh, and through EWTN. I think Teresa Tamio has done a great job uh, helping to articulate. So what does the church teach about this? You know, Pope Francis is quoted as having said some things that on the exterior seem to be um, contrary to what the church teaches. And I think in our current culture, we are so ready to pounce on that, uh, no matter from what angle, what side, where we stand. But ultimately, um, what, what we've come to surface Pope Francis uh, used the phrase uh, civil union, and it, it seems to come across that he's indicating there's a place for civil union for those who are uh, involved in same-sex attraction. Uh, I could tell you, I'm not going to go about the, the typical angle as far as you know, what, what is he voicing. Well, in the context that he spoke, uh, and depending, because how many of us have read the proper context and really understand the context of what was said. But what we do know is he was voicing an opinion, right? He was not speaking from a place of authority for the church. But for me, as a Catholic sitting in the pew, something still doesn't sit right about that, and nor should it. Um, and that's, that's a place we need to come to. Why are we wrestling with this? And I think it comes back to the heart of evangelization, that is relationship and I'm going to add another word for us, witness. Okay, when we look back at our lives, what do we see? What is our encounter from those who have really helped invite us into uh, a life of faith, that have inspired us and inspired within us a life of faith, uh, just breathing into us uh, a motivation to want to do more, to want to be about an agent of change, uh, for the good, you know, and within the Catholic context, was, so what, what do I mean? An agent of change within the Catholic context. First, staying rooted in our prayer life, staying rooted in the life of the sacraments, putting ourselves in front of Jesus uh, in that time of adoration, going to Mass regularly, going to confession regularly, uh, striving to live that life. That is going to be the hallmark if we're going to be an authentic agent of change uh, from the Catholic purview. All that being said, we go back to the importance of witness. And I think it's fair to say the most effective witnesses of the faith for any and all of us that really, where the Holy Spirit just uses it to create about a change and a conversion within us internally, not just a conversion to change, like say a religion from one religion to another, but ultimately a change of heart, even a change of conscious formation, a change in our knowledge and, and, and owning up and growing in our faith it's the witness of those who not only talk, talk the talk, they can know all about the faith. Like I said with our guests earlier, they clearly have demonstrated the beautiful knowledge of the faith and a beautiful enthusiasm of the faith. But then when we see that they, they live it out, that the opinion, frankly, does not 
change from the church teaching. An opinion might highlight a particular aspect of church teaching. Um, this is what inspires that authentic witness. Um, and I think this is what's raised concern. This is what's raised some concern. I think for some people who have had a hard time putting words to it, the concern of what they think and what we think Pope Francis has said uh, is, I think it rattles us that the idea that does our Pope not have that, that, that witness, that authentic witness, that is a very big question to ask. And it is okay if you found yourself rattled at the core of that. And if you haven't been able to ask yourself that, that's certainly what is a question that I've been praying, putting before myself. I think I've been putting before the Lord. This is a big deal. So what does that mean for us as a place of, as a point of action, maybe? And I do use the word action in, uh, along, right alongside the word prayer, is it calls us and reminds us to pray for our Holy Father, one. But two, to pray for wisdom and understanding the context. You know, the reality is, in the resources that has been communicated to us, is we may not have the whole context, and that is so important. That's where the, the evil one is going to lie in the gray area, right? The evil one's going to want to undermine, especially a sense of our relationship uh, to such a, a figure of authority within the church. You know, he is our Holy Father, Pope Francis. We pray for him. Um, we pray that he can uh, be a bold witness of the, a bold, authentic witness of faith. But for our part, we also need to pray and ask for the gift of wisdom to understand context. And I would dare say within that, to, not, to try not to get too caught up in what we don't know. Um, and that was important. I say that when I first heard about it, I was reading an article. Um, it was, I read three different articles on three different websites the day uh, that that came out, at least... Uh, the knowledge of uh, the documentary Francesco being made, it just came out. The Italian Film Festival had just aired it, um, and it was going to be hitting uh, the States, I think, on October 25th. So this is already almost a week old. Um, but I had read an article in a secular paper, uh, an AP article, and then I read two other articles in uh, Catholic uh, outlets. And every article had a different perspective. The two Catholic outlets uh, that the article, it was, um, I appreciated there seemed to be a, a witness really pursuing a context to come to know what is the truth of the situation. Uh, unfortunately, the article with AP was inaccurate. Um, it, it was building on some quotes and really went on the tangential uh, line of, of thought that wasn't rooted one, in uh, accurate Catholic teaching, but two, it just it wasn't rooted in the common sense of the article. Um, it was inaccurate in some of the examples it used and even in the history of Pope Francis when he was Cardinal Bergoglio. And so it's important for us. This is where having knowledge, this is where uh, the education piece and being able to research and to think critically, my friends, is really important. Do I have it completely figured out? No, <laughs> don't. But I invite us, at the heart of it, I don't know that it changes too much of where we need to be. Our disposition to continue to pray for our Holy Father. We pray for our leader, the leader of the faith. We pray that he can continue to have a bold witness uh, of Catholicity. And not just for our Holy Father, 
but for all of our apostolic successors too, huh? We need to pray for them. Uh, in a certain sense, our bishops are our spiritual fathers, not just uh, our local pastor, but the bishops are our spiritual fathers. And as their spiritual children, we really need to be praying for them. So I encourage you, if you find that it's a little bit hard to pray for them, um, it, you desire to be inspired. You desire to have a strong leader of faith. Well, then I would encourage you to pray for that. Pray for your pastors. We need to pray for our pastors. Pray for your bishops. We need to pray for our bishops. And I, I don't use lightly, it's not just bishops, but our apostolic successors. We need to pray for them uh, as their spiritual children. And just as much as we would ask for them to pray for us. And then finally, as I talk about bold witness, let's not be afraid to also be that bold witness to our leaders. They're human, but I have often heard that context of their human to excuse, uh, to, to excuse uh, faults, to, whether to excuse sin or to excuse, and it may not be to the extent of sin, but to excuse inappropriate uh, behavior or inappropriate things said. Let's not be afraid that the Holy Spirit is going to want to use us to give witness through, through our role as the Son of God, our role as the daughter of God, our role within the context of our vocation, single, married, uh, religious, consecrated. The Lord can use us to give witness to call even those who are in authority to their own deeper conversion. What does all this breathe life into? All this breathes into community. We want to be about the greater work of fostering a holy community. So I encourage you with that. And uh, I, trust me, I, I trust that. I would expect that I'll be put in a position that I'll have to swallow those words of mine <laughs> to be in a place to encourage. And I say to challenge, sometimes our challenging uh, others isn't, doesn't have to be necessarily be an outright challenge. Really, many times what's more needed is a voice of encouragement and support to invite people, to encourage people into holiness and to do it with a spirit of joy, um, which is sometimes hard. Uh, and I think the evil one wants to take our eyes off of our reason for joy in our current time. But in all things, our reason for joy uh, is because Jesus is Lord. Amen. So up next, we have uh, with us to, to join us uh, after the break is Trez. Who do we have coming? Jenna Cooper. Uh, Jenna Cooper is a tribunal coordinator and judge for the Diocese of Winona. And she's going to share with us uh, a curious story about a priest who was not baptized. What? Is that a thing? Well, apparently it was a thing. So when we come back from the break, we'll hear from Jenna Cooper. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Music. 